Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me. Once again, we're going to go over some more information I have about the University of Idaho slayings or the Moscow murders. They're, the police are looking for something. I've got some more information about potential suspects, brand new, breaking news. No doubt you haven't heard about this yet, and maybe a few of you have, but most not. I know a few of you have because you guys sent it to me. If you'd like to email me, we're going to get to that on the flip side of this. You are watching or listening to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. I'd like to give a special shout-out to those people who like to keep it super safe while you listen to your show. Driving down the road or you're at work, you don't want to take your eyes off and get hit by a giant rambling bush or something, you can do that at midnightrad.io. You can go to our, our community page, and on our community page there, we have a link to listen to the live stream. So shout out to those people. If you guys want to call me, send me a message. We can do that. Phone number is 325-261-0892. We will open that after I give you guys some information. 325-261-0892. Appreciate everybody calling. Everybody's view is welcome. But if you're disrespectful, you're going to get bounced. Phone number is 325-261-0892. Only will be respectful. Be respectful of everybody's views. That's why we're here. That's why I get up so early. That's why I'm with you here. Email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I'm going to update the description of this in the evening. We're going to rename it, and you guys can watch it later. Let me go ahead and say this. Um, go ahead and subscribe and hit the bell. That way, you know when we go live and you can join in the conversation. Uh, I have something on our our community page right now about when we're going live for the next few days. That's about between 5 and 5.20. That's when, when we're going to be live. But it varies. It has to vary. That's the best we can do. So go ahead and hit that subscribe and the bell with all notifications. Let's get into the, this first part here. we go i'm gonna well fox news on the scene in moscow idaho with new reaction from the idaho police chief as authorities remove personal belongings from the house where the grisly quadruple murder happened more than three weeks ago alexis mcadams just spoke with him she is live with us now in moscow alexis good afternoon Trace, good afternoon. Yeah, we just talked to the police chief who actually, because it's a small department, had to book this U-Haul himself, bring it out here, and help these investigators load dozens, and I mean dozens of boxes, full of the belongings of these girls into that truck. Now their plan is to give it back to the family. This was an emotional time for those investigators too, Trace, because inside of that house behind me here in Moscow, Idaho, this was a horrible crime scene, we were told by sources and investigators. So for them to have to go back in there now when it's still a crime scene that's wrapped by tape here there was still a lot to process last time they were in there and really had a lot of investigating going on was quite a few days ago to see the chief back here i can't blame her for smiling because you're in front of a camera you feel like that's what you're supposed to do especially if you're a news spokesmodel which she is 
But she seemed a bit too gleeful, or maybe that's just me this early in the morning. That's all very good news about them giving back the belongings of the, the uh, students that were murdered to the parents, but this is what I wanted to talk about. This was released by the, the police department right here, and what it is is the Moscow Police Department said that detectives want to speak with occupants of a 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra. That was near the off-campus home where the four college students were brutally murdered on November 13th. Tips and leads led investigators to look for additional information about a vehicle being in the immediate area of the King Street residence during the early morning hours of November 13th. Investigators believe the occupants of this vehicle may have critical information to share regarding this case. This is what the vehicle looks like right here. It's on your screen right now. Police say the sedan was in the immediate era of area of the residence. The car's license plate is unknown, but police encourage anyone who knows of a vehicle matching the description to forward information to their tip line. This kind of white car is very typical. It almost looks like a Chevy Cobalt. So I assume they're going to be getting a lot of calls. They say they've already see, received 22,000, not 22, 2,645 email tips, 2,770 phone tips, 1,084 digital media submissions during the investigation. Some of those are your emails, no doubt. So there's an update. They're looking for a car. Now, how did they, how did they find out about this car? Well, they went through the footage and they saw a vehicle there. They might have seen it there at a certain time, and then at another certain time they didn't. Uh, another thing that we talked about on here was the gas stations. If there's a gas station in the area and they saw it, or a camera at a residence, and they seen this car moving at a certain time, say, before the murders, and they saw it go by another time when it would be after the murders, or... Perhaps there's more than one camera. So they saw it moving one place before the murders, and they never saw it go back after the murders, but they caught it on another camera on the murders. But let me tell you guys something that you might not know, but the GPS information on all your cars are tracked. If you have a navigation console in there, whether you're using your navigation or not, it doesn't, as long as your car is turned on and the computer's powered up uh, and working, it can be tracked. Now, how they zero in on the car, if they don't exactly know which car it is, I don't know. Maybe they can't do that. So there, there are interesting ways to do this. It's not just pinging. You know, you're, so we talked about the cell phone pinging off towers, but if someone didn't bring their cell phone, you know, that's an issue. But another issue is, too, good, good morning, everybody in chat. Another issue is, too, if someone didn't bring their phone. But did you know that your car is always pinging off cell towers? Now, these modern vehicles, your, your car is pinging. You can run, but you can't hide. So that's another thing the police have in their arsenal. I have a, another story about someone that was arrested last night, a convicted murderer was arrested for doing something that I'm about to talk about. But I want to say this. 
I want to look at the conflicting information that the police has been giving out. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's the police giving it out. They're giving it out, but it's being headed off by the FBI. And what they're seeking to do is confuse everybody. They're saying one thing and going back, we're viewing it as incompetence. What they're doing is making it to where you guys can't trust, can't believe anything. That's what they're doing. It's a form of manipulative control. I've dealt with it in the military when I was in there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm letting you guys know that that is what this is. This is a way for governments to control a mass of people. So I'm going to let you know that they're also going to be attacking you. And you're going to see this. Um, You don't have to believe me, but you've already saw some of it. They're going to be attacking you. You're even talking about this speculating is what they're going to call and that's what they've been calling it you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that oh that's bad you're hurting this they want to keep you as far back from that as not as they can the media has no the m5m they they completely agree with that because this is us talking about this damages their money source but i do not think i think it is our god-given right it's the right of being an american citizen and even those in the UK, to talk about what we want to as long as we're not harming anybody. Nobody is standing up in front of an auditorium and yelling for fire. Definitely not here. So the reason why I bring that up is we're going to go into some more about somebody we talked about yesterday. If you guys haven't seen the show yesterday, there's a suspect everybody who's into talking about this or has been drawn into the story, drawn into this tragedy really, is talking about in the last three days and before. And his name is Jack S. We'll call him. So I have more information on him and uh, more as this unfolds between Jack S. For you guys that are Donna Serafina fans, we have a new message from her that was put out couple hours ago she has more to say about this so in moscow here's what we got we've got a man that was booked into the jail on multiple felonies this man has a bandage on his arm I would like to note that the kind of bandage is that's on his arm would be from a typical police first aid kit. So how old it is, I'm not sure. Or perhaps it's from a tattoo. We don't know. We don't know. But this is very newsworthy, I should say. This happened yesterday. A 39-year-old Moscow man was arrested on multiple felony charges late last night after allegedly injuring two family members and cutting himself with a knife. Ah, so he cut himself with a knife. According to a probate cost affidavit, James Curtis Leonard was charged with domestic battery with traumatic injury, aggravated assault, attempted strangulation, and felony injury to a child following the incident in the 600 block of Palouse River Drive. Leonard has a previous criminal history which includes a second-degree murder for the June 
2007 shooting death of Tyler Pace Lee near Janice. He was 24 years old at the time. He shot the 25-year-old Moscow man multiple times after an argument. Leonard pled guilty to the charge and was sentenced to prison, but was released early on probation, according to reports. How do you get released early on probation for killing somebody? You know, I was talking about Unsolved Mysteries the other day, and there were these these three cases that I remember vividly, and it was just mysterious, and it was children, like two children under the age of 12 and a teenage girl, and these people, the parents had their, their back turned for three seconds, and these people disappeared off the face of the earth. Everybody was a suspect, one of those ordeals. They couldn't find who it was. About 10 years later, in all, every account, 10 to 12 years later, they caught the person that did it. It was just some random person. But in each case, it was nobody connected to the circle of friends or acquaintances. It was just somebody walked through the neighborhood. And the most mind-boggling thing is the people that got arrested and sent to prison weren't there very long. They only did like eight years. Because after a long time... I don't know if they went in and confessed and got a reduced sentence. But they killed these children and they killed these women and they were released really fast. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. But this man here, he killed somebody and he got off just like that after because he was good in prison. The document states that the reporting party walked out of the home when law enforcement arrived and an officer could see the woman had blood on her nose and mouth and multiple areas of her head were covered in blood. She also reportedly had blood on her vest and a large part of her left hand was covered in blood. Leonard was in a bedroom still armed with a knife. Based on the report of James acting violently while armed with a knife and based on the female being covered in blood, I drew my pistol and entered the house. I loudly identified myself as Moscow police and told James to come out of the bedroom with his hands up. After a short time, James walked out of the bedroom. I could see blood on his face and head, a long, bloody cut on his left forearm, and blood on both hands. That's what the affidavit says. Leonard did as instructed, placed a knife on the floor. He was placed in handcuffs. The officer checked him for weapons and found two knives in his right pants pocket. One of the alleged victims told law enforcement that Leonard was heavily intoxicated, having consumed around half a bottle of gin during the evening. He'd been working on his truck in the driveway, and the woman was in the living room on the phone with the internet company. James walked in the living room, saw her on the phone, and began accusing her of cheating on him. James slammed his phone on the ground and began screaming at her. The young adult female and teen female were in the living room at this time, along with the young adult male and baby. After yelling at the woman, James began yelling at others in the room. After a period of time, James made a statement implying he was going to kill himself and walked into the bedroom. She went in the bedroom to check on James, who had a history of cutting himself. She found James actively cutting his wrist with his green automatic knife. The woman sat down next to Leonard, who allegedly turned and struck her in the head with his closed fist. The woman later reportedly told an officer that Leonard's knife was in the closed fist when he allegedly struck her. 
which officials say reinforced his hand as he struck the woman. He then began to choke the woman. I'm going to go down to the bottom part of this. The police officer says, I later spoke with a teen, and she told me that James punched her with a closed fist in the face, head and arms, around 12 times. James also kicked her and pulled her by the hair. She complained of severe pain all over her body, especially her left arm inside where she was thrown against the dresser. Around this time, Moscow Fire Department medics arrived on the scene and treated the individuals for their injuries. After being arrested and placed in the back of the patrol car, Leonard allegedly told an officer that the gas tank on his truck fell on top of him, which is how he got the large cut on his arm. Police officer said that he took out the green automatic knife, which he took off off his person, opened the knife, and showed him the blood on the tip. James said the blood was his, but denied cutting himself. He also denied striking the adult female. So we're going to look at this picture once again. Donna said that Donna said that the perpetrator of the university murders looked Mediterranean. She said that he looked like David Pilates. What do you think about this guy? Might be nothing, maybe something. This case here, it reminds me a lot of that old show, Twin Peaks. Any of you guys remember that? Except instead of one person having a tragic end of their life, this case, there's there's four. And it seems like the whole town, right? And there's something going on with the whole town. It could have been anybody, right? That's what it seems like, all these people. All these things going on here. I got the story that came up from News Nation. And it's called, Could the Town Gown Conflict Be a Possible Motive? But before I go to that, I want to go to your voicemails. Um, I'm from California, and Mr. Adams is speaking right now <clears throat> about this cult. And there is, there was a um, a post on September 15th of 2022. Pastor seeks to make Moscow, Idaho, a Christian town. YouTube uh, uploaded by NBC News. Post is September 15, 2022. Okay, missing Jehovah Witness. Okay, and then it talks about how many Jehovah's Witnesses there are in Idaho. Uh, is Jehovah's Witness a cult? So he might want to just go to um, hhps-mutube.com watch. Okay? All righty. Thank you. Bye. We did talk about the Christ Church in Moscow, how... Basically, we're investigating it, and that's as far as we've gotten. I, I was sent. You guys sent me a lot of more information on, it, and I appreciate that. I'm still going through that. Haven't gone through it yet. Somebody sent me two articles. I went through those articles, and they weren't. They were not good. I did not like the journalistic integrity of the articles. To me, they were political, um, 
pandemic hit pieces and they didn't give me enough information about the actual church. So that was my issue with that. Um, I don't know if there's a link between this church and the town or what's going on right now. I don't know if there's a link between the church and if that has anything to do with the University of Idaho murders. I do not know that. I'm not saying there is. More than likely, there's not. But I'm going to go through that because this sets the scene for us, right? I'm a writer, and that's what I'm interested in. My brain works that way. I have to know everything all the way around this town. I need to know the people surrounding these four young people. I need to, I want to know the people in their circle, the people that are just acquaintances outside of their circle. Then I want to go farther. I want to go to the politics of the university, what's going on in the town, uh, at the different shops, at the different times. We, you have different bakeries that were here at different certain times in this one area. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in hearing from the people that actually live in Moscow. So if you live in Moscow, I'm more than interested in talking with you. My contact information is out here. You know, it's right on the screen right now. There's my phone number. Call me, leave me a voicemail message, or call me live in the show. I'm interested in in, uh, talking with you guys. But I want to know about all of it. And this Christ Church is a major player, and that's what I want to know about. A lot of people are saying they're a cult. I'm not saying they are not. I've heard them called the Church of Satan. From the information I've gone over so far, I'm not seeing that, but I've barely gone through 12% of the information. Now you guys sent me a lot more. So just hold on and we're going to continue to investigate this. And I'll talk about it right here on midnight radio and continue sending me information. I really appreciate it. Sherry. Hi there. It's uh, Larry from Pennsylvania. Hey Larry. And I just wanted to let you know that I just watched your video about uh, meeting the Father and Jesus. And I just, um, you already know this, I'm sure, but I just wanted to, uh, from my perspective, tell you that I believe he's very proud that you've done and are doing what he asked of you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. That was a, that was a very nice call. Uh, It's going to make me feel good today. Thank you. Yes, uh, Pam from the Midwest. Hello, Pam. um, Wild ass berries. Um, Oh, yeah. Don't need to play it on the show, but just my thoughts. Um, I'm going to do it. um, I'm still leaning towards um, J.R., the neighbor. Um, And my thoughts on that is, what if... What if he was carrying his gun? If you watch analysis of a true crime, they've got two very long interviews with JR. I think that possibly, you know, maybe that's being done by, by Ellie to uh, watch his reactions and to get more info for themselves. Like, who is his girlfriend? Where did he go over Thanksgiving? Is he a uh, Ted Bundy wannabe? Um, Harsh reality just put it, I just saw a video they did that says stop wrong focus and you know the birth possibly the birth of someone like Pat Bundy and there's many things that pop out in that and they did two very long interviews with him but I think they are I think that if it if, it, if they've got 20 you know eyes on him 24/7 which I would hope they do and I'm 
I almost bet they do. Um, but I think they are not wanting to spook him um, because if they know, if he knows they're closing in on him, he, you know, he may just shoot himself like Laundry did. But um, and as far as Reverend Donna, I'm, I kind of feel like something you said. I just, um, I, there's no other psychics that I've really held any worth to. I think the means that it's done. I only up. watched her with um, Debbie Petito and um, the Lori Daybell, Lori Gallo. And it, and it was true. So this one, the proof's going to be, does it play out? Um, if it's a JR, the neighbor, he's giving, he thinks he's really sharp, you know. And he, and, and did he bring another person in as kind of a, maybe his trophy was one or two of those girls. And the dad, Kaylee's dad, says she did call 911. Maybe he is not telling, you know, I think there's a lot of things being held, and I think there's reasons they have to. But was he messing with them? He had opportunity. He had the woods. Chris McDonough brings the video out there. It was very easy to watch those girls from the back, from the backwoods. There was a cinder block by with a stone on it. Did he mess with them? And and she, his dad, her dad says he she called nine one, but she didn't say she saw someone, or that she was. So she has talked to nine one one about the stalker, and I know they discounted that, sort of, but. He lived right there, and I think it was well-planned. If he is, like, I, I just have a gut feeling that, that, that it is him in some way or form. So she got cut off there. I think I have the second part of the first part of her phone call. I'm about to play that now, but I want to say this. So we really went in depth with the video footage of the foodie truck yesterday, and I got more footage, clear footage, actually. That I was looking at last night. And a lot of you suggested to me what I'm about to say now that it wasn't Jack S that she was talking about. It was Joe V when she said, F you, mister. It's like it was Joe V. And he did an interview where he, he was saying that they were drunk and it's like they were there they were there entertaining and they were laughing at him. But if you look at the video Yes, Joe V was the one that was laughing at him and saying stuff. It wasn't anybody else, so there was no we, it was him. And it looked like Maddie told him to F off. It didn't look like Jack. So, maybe she wasn't pointing at Jack. But, nevertheless, Jack did get ditched. He went one way, the girls went the other. So... Maybe in tomorrow's episode, we're going to take a closer look at Joe and the things that he said and the things that he's said recently. Do I think he is a uh, part of this case? No, but he is, uh, you know, there's more to look at there. That's what I'm saying. Yes, um, I'm just, um, I was just calling in, um, you just asked, um, this is Pam from the Midwest. Hey, Pam again. Um, I'm very intrigued about Reverend Donna's um, re, um, reading. Well, Donna coming up. Um, and didn't used to think hold any worth to much of that, but later in life, I, at this point I do. I seem, you know, I, 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 I am very curious to see 
Um, I just have a gut feeling that she may be spot on with it. But you said you were curious if anyone came to the area, what could they take, you'd like to see take, take pictures of. I don't have good um, Internet capabilities for Googling research, but uh, the tree that she keeps seeing, either Kaylee or Maddie, so I believe it's Kaylee, but one of them sitting around, you know, that sounds like a very, um, a tree that's got the benches, either either uh, stone or something, something that's built around a tree and maybe close to, I see it as being, you know, like she said, maybe close to where she might do lunch or close to where she hangs out, works, um, one of her spots where I can see one of these guys coming on to her and I, I, I have kind of been leading towards um, a neighbor that's watching her. I think they didn't keep their windows covered good, good, obviously. I'm not think. I know they didn't keep their windows covered, but there's too much opportunity there for, a, um, you know, a, a somebody to be watching them too much. And I, you know, just a demented individual. But anyway, I was leaning towards... The neighbor Jayahara just gives me a really bad feeling, but 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 now I'm starting to get the feeling like Reverend Donna said. She I go back and I listen to her again, and she's like, she, I I feel like it. She thinks it's one, but it could be two. She's not for sure if it's one or two, and she mentions somebody that reminds her of the Murdoch kid, and that reminds you kind of this. The JS is kind of the Murdoch dark style with the money and and yeah um but then and the older guy that's like david pilates who is that is that a um who is that and i start thinking now i'm unleaning towards more than one person um the k-bar knives are so common they say you can buy them anywhere online da 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 readily available all the hunters, it's big, you know, we hunt a lot in the Midwest. They hunt a lot more in Idaho, <laughs> um, you know, in different country up there. I imagine everybody's got. She's right. That was a good summary of the things we've gone over before. It's hard to put your finger on any one thing. That's why I keep looking at the continuing footage here. If you guys would like to call in, the voicemail line's always open. Even if I'm talking to somebody. The number is 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. And you can also call me live when we're doing a live show. And I'll open that up in about four minutes here. So let's look at this. This is another possible theory of a conflict that uh, might have some bearing on this case. In Moscow, the University of Idaho student body makes up almost half of the town's population of just under 26,000. And Moscow is no different from most college towns. There's a dynamic between the students who come to study and the town residents who live there permanently, and they don't always get along. It is called town versus gown, and it was a topic in last year's mayoral race. The current mayor noted the school's immense contribution to Moscow's economy and called the university students, quote, importers of cash who, quote, bring money from mom and dad. But another complained that the school's, quote, learning climate had given way to a, quote, social climate, 
with students thinking they should, quote, have something just because they want it, end quote. The question tonight, though, is after 24 days without so much as a solid lead, could local resentment, justified or not, have spurred a deranged resident to commit four horrific murders? I turn now to the man who wrote the book on the subject. Steve Gavazzi is a professor um, at the Ohio State University's College of Education and Human Ecology. He's also a family therapist. His book is called The Optimal Town Gown Marriage. Lauren Peterson, also, or Lauren Patterson, sorry, also joins us. She is a reporter for Northwest Public Broadcasting and Spokane Public Radio. She's also a Moscow resident, and she went to the University of... This is a long one here, and I'm obviously not going to play all of it. I'm going to play maybe about another minute, maybe. Idaho, welcome to both of you. Steve, let me begin with you. What kind of conflicts really are the most common when it comes to town versus gown? Uh, great question. Let's see. Let me let me look at that. Have you guys ever been to a college when they're having a, a football game and they win? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there's there's drunk people. There's yelling. There's screaming. There's vomiting. There's pooping on the street. I think that would be a big one. What do you say? Back to you. Uh, there usually are two typical issues that are um, part of most town gown conflicts. Uh, the first, which goes with... Guys, I uh, also want to say this virtual background, not a good look. About saying is student misbehavior. And the second has That's to do pooping, with real estate. Pooping. Now, student misbehavior is pooping self-explanatory. On it's often fueled by alcohol or other substance use. And really, that's all there is to say. So, this is hard for me to read. Let me get my specs on. Let's see here. I can't see it. Oh, what's what's the button? Oh, oh, that's better. But not by much. Uh, all right, let's try it this way. That's a little bit better. So this was, I recently got this. This is from somebody named Aladula. Aladultra. Aladulta. And this is concerning Jackass. I'm a friend of his and it's running his life. And now it's affecting his family and friends as well. The trolls have gotten out of hand. Saying that he's run off to Africa. Digging up his past and any information about him that they can get. Terrorizing his parents' professions and reputation, etc., it all needs to stop. He's a real person that everybody has pointed at to be a murderer all because of a 10-minute video. This video accurately displays how the events of that night went. When the girls leave Jack, he doesn't even take the same path they did. Instead, he goes down the sidewalk towards his own home because he just got ditched. He just wanted to get home safe, and they had gotten a safe ride. So, yes, it seemed like they were good from that point of view. And that's really all she had to say there. So, what do you guys think? You guys still think it's jackass? A lot of you do. A lot of you still think it's Jeremy. But really, it could be anybody. 
Some some of you guys think it's Mr. Cock still. I still get those emails about Mr. Cock. So what do you think? I want to know. Call me, leave a voicemail message. It's been heating up for this man. And last night I noticed that Donna, she sent out a message that it was about this this man, J.S., and I can't, I can't put a link to it on here because it vi- I feel like it violates YouTube's terms of service because it's not something, and I can't play the video either because of the very same reasons. Because it seemed very accusatory, and I feel like, I feel like it gave way too much personal information about Jack S. So I, I'm not at liberty to do that. But it's very interesting how it went from that Donna. Serafina video. Am I saying that right? Someone tried to correct me, and they said it's Dar- It's Donna Serafina. So let me know in the comments. Serafina, Serafina. It it looks like Serafina. Let me know. So, yeah, we're gonna go to what she said after that video. She did put it up on her, her Instagram. So if you guys are part of Donna Serafina's Instagram or you could be now, then you'd see this video that I'm talking about that that really went into Jack S. a lot. But a couple hours later, she did a three, a full 360, and we're going to go over that right now. But, of course, we're going to have to do it at two times speed. All right. So this is what we're looking for. We're looking for a person who has a Mediterranean coloring, who's a little older than college age, who doesn't get he's doesn't get very many dates and things. He's kind of awkward. Um, he works with his parents at their place, some sort of food place that makes bread, and he cut his hand on purpose on the bread machine. Was there anything else? He drives kind of a small car, and drives kind of a small car. He's got a little anxiety, a little awkwardness, and really, really dark, dark, dark desires and. Uh, um, so for now, I've cleared Jack S. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't really know, but this is what I'm, I listened to my reading again, and this is what I'm getting from it. Now I could listen to it tomorrow and go, oh no, wait a minute, I'm getting, but it's like, I, I stopped it. I kept stopping it and going, okay, and dissecting the mediumship part of it, and that's what I think that you should um, be looking for. And look where, where both girls used to work. So Zana and Madison worked at the Mad Greek, but where did Kaylee work? Someone said she worked at Something Brothers Coffee, did she? What's right around there? Also. Okay, so that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right, so there you have it. That's Donna Serafina, everybody. So I'm not an advocate for using psychics. That's not my point here. I'm not against psychics. I'm just reporting the information here, and I think it's important to document it, and I think it's important to look at it later. Oh, my goodness. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm going to put a link to everything I'm sharing with you in, in the description of this video right here. You can check that out. You can check it out yourself. You can listen to it at one time speed. Uh, there's no need to leave a comment saying, hey, that was real fast. No, I know that. It has to be. I can't help it. It's all right. It'll be all right. But you guys, I guess if you're watching the video later, you can slow it down. Hit pause a lot. But I suggest you click, you click the link below and you watch the whole video. 
she goes more into how she doesn't think it's Jack anymore. So there is that. Now, the phone lines are open if you guys want to talk for a little bit. I got some time left. And uh, I'm going to go to chat right now. And I have a story that doesn't relate to the Moscow. The Moscow, sorry, Moscow. Slings coming up here in a minute. First, I'm going to look at chat. All right. Any jacks in the Christ Church? Back in the old days in boxing, they didn't call as quickly as they do now. You get a tiny... They're talking about boxing. Okay. Phone number is 325 If you guys are driving down the road, I guess you could mute, mute it and call me. Although I did get a lot. I'll tell you what I can do real quick. You guys sent me a lot of voicemail. Not a voicemail. Sent me a lot of emails. Wow, I got something breaking. Again, this may be something. It might be nothing. I haven't even had time to look at it yet. I think it's some one of you here in the chat room. So you're going to recognize this. So It says, and I was wondering this, Jack K drives that that white car that police are looking for per records and social media pics. Jack has Venmo transactions with Ethan and with um Ethan Jack K is a frat boy, and his sister has interesting posts from that night, as in the 3.30 a.m. subject line for a Venmo made on Saturday. So we, remember, guys, we talked about that before. Jack K. Remember Jack K? All right, let's see what else I got. Jack, apparently, perhaps, maybe, Jack K drives that car. All right, so, looking more. All right. I got articles about the Christ Church. All right, let me go ahead and go over my last article here as I wait for your phone calls before right before we wrap it up. We got about ten more minutes. So here we go. I got one more thing I want to go over with you. It's pretty sad. We talked about the FedEx driver that murdered the little girl. Her name was Athena. And this is regarding that. 
what happened here. There's a video to this apparently. this case close to the vest, we have learned a little bit more information about Athena Strand's accused killer who was behind bars here at the Wise County Law Enforcement Center. He's in, in, um, uh, in a single cell by, by himself, um, just near booking. Wise County Sheriff Lane Aiken has his deputies keeping a close eye on accused killer Tanner Horner. He expects to have the 31-year-old's case turned over to the district attorney by next week. Because of the age of that child and because it was an abduction. So we are going to pursue um, death penalty. Horner's bond wow. is a million and a half dollars set during a jail hearing after his arrest. Yep. In this video, Texas, investigators zeroed in on Horner, a contract driver for FedEx. The sheriff says he confessed to abducting Athena Strand while delivering a Christmas package to their home oh. and later killing her. Wow. There are signs of how Wise County residents have honored the seven-year-old like these items left on the courthouse steps. Their local newspaper, the Wise County Messenger, honored Athena with a front page spread. Sheriff Aiken believes Athena has touched so many lives through her unfortunate death. I do believe in time, <clears throat> Wise County will return to some semblance of normal. We will always remember Athena. After speaking publicly for the first time during a candlelight vigil, Athena's mother plans to go public with their family attorney this week. All while a community sends the message for Athena to rest in paradise. Paradise was a community, seven and a half miles that way, paradise. That paradise like this world is fractured. In Wise County, I'm Scoop Jefferson. I do want to say. These are the last images the jury. Let's see. I do want to say that. Let's see, what was it? I'll show you the pictures of, of him here in a minute um, from his Instagram. Guy's a creep. I mean, beyond a creep. And the fact that he was delivering Christmas presents, delivering a Christmas package to the house, and he abducts the little girl. Excited about getting a package? This is uh, beyond horrible. And he deserves, who? who's a better candidate for the death penalty than that? I ask you. If you believe in the death penalty, would there be a, a better candidate if you did? But I did, there is a piece of information I got about the Moscow murders, the Moscow murders, rather. I'm trying to remember what it was. Yes, the father, this is breaking news, I found out yesterday afternoon, has hired an attorney over the matter. And I don't know if the attorney is for the way he feels like he's being treated with the police or not. But he has, uh, you know, he has an attorney now. So we'll update you on that. You guys keep checking here. We'll update you on that. I'm going to go back and uh, 
Got about five more minutes here, and I'm going to show you some of this Tanner guy's Instagram photos. And if someone commits a heinous crime like this, you look at the Instagram, and it's somebody who's narcissistic, and they're sitting there smiling and doing all these things. Man, it's really not a good look. It's really not a good look at all. Let me pull this back up. I've been trying to get to it for the past few shows. And we've ran out of time, and now I think we have time. It's Tanner Horner. For for those of you that don't know, I don't. I'm not on Twitter. I'm on something called Mastodon, and uh, you can go to noagendasocial.com, and you guys can join. And I'm on there, and. Everything I talk about on the show, I put there like the day before or the night before. I put all that on there, and you guys can get that fresh. If you're a member of this, and you can friend me on there, my name is at Pops. That's my name on there. I also want to say RIP to Christy Alley. She passed away this week of colon cancer. Right here, we're coming up on this. I'll we'll show you what it looks like too. As we're looking for Tanner Horner, his Instagram. Hopefully, it wasn't shut down yet. No. So it looks like he recently had a child. which seems recent, which hopefully he's not going to be around that child. I can guarantee you that anymore. He fancied himself a rapper, some kind of death metal music. Tragic story, very tragic. All these tragedies are tragic. I'd like to thank you guys for watching another episode of Midnight Radio. Going to be back tomorrow morning. You can check our our community post page. Find out the times of that. You can get the link for the live stream if you guys want to listen to it and not watch it. The phone number is going to be open for you to send voicemail messages to 325-261-0892. This is your show. You tell me what you want. Let's investigate what you want us to talk about, and we're going to do that. Also, the email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. You can send me your information. Again, what do you care about? What do you want to know? What are the different details? Do you want me to check into something? We do that. You send that to me, and we're working on it. A lot of the things we're still investigating now. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, all my best. Have a good day.